Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Richard Herring. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing? Good to be here. Oh, there's a bit of uh, echo on that reverb. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, good. Uh, welcome to the show. This is Richard Herring's Edinburgh Fringe podcast. There's all the cool kids are calling it Rehef. Rehef. Bit weird, isn't it, Colin? Can you notice the difference? Can you tell what's happened? It's a bigger stage, right? Colin is very observant. He's there, but he's back in his rightful seat. He's moved the mask, but our lads have had to move over. It's kind of we're getting, getting to know everyone. Thanks for coming on a date. You, you got no, no university boys back. Different, different woman today. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, nice work. Uh, how you doing back there? You think you're safe back there? That's the most dangerous place of all. Uh, so uh, it's great to be here. I'm a bit tired. Uh, we'll get through this somehow. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I've lost some weight during the Edinburgh Fringe. That's pretty incredible. I've, I've, I'm a notch up on my belt. Uh, that's just around my penis. Uh, and uh, we've, uh, So that's good. There's a new... Go to richtang.com. It's all new. Have you, anyone seen the new website? No. Uh, what do you mean you haven't been reading my blog on a daily basis? Good idea. Uh, and uh, and uh, the very exciting news is that Talking Cock, the DVD, is now out and available at GoFasterStrike.com and we have... We have a copy here. Someone here is going to win a copy of Talking Cock, be amongst the first dozen or so people to get their hands on this. It's got the show. It's got loads of extras, like me trying out all the different places where men have put their penises for fun. <laughs> With a banana. Uh, <laughs> I use a banana rather than my own penis, though. Uh, what was the best? The, the best one was surprising, and I can't remember what it was now. Oh, it was the you know the it was the armband. It was the children's armband. <laughs> it was surprisingly good. Had a nice little bit of sort of suction on it. It was. You've got to go like you know in in through the middle. There's got to be no child. In the, that is one of the rules. Uh, it's also got the second ever film frame of me one versus me two snooker on it. So that's the only so you can find out if, who's won the second Chris Evans not that one trophy. Of course, don't forget if you want to if you're in Edinburgh on August the twelfth and you want to see all the me's playing live, there's a chance to do so. And only twenty one people so far have decided to come. <laughs> they want to come and see that. I thought it would sell out straight away, uh, but no. Uh, so there are still some tickets there. I'm sure it'll be a fringe experience. I'm playing myself at Snooker Assembly 3, 9.30 on the 12th. It will go out as a podcast as well. But, you know, you can see the actual players and work out who they are. I'll tell you what, you see who you like the best, the look of the best. They're all very different. Uh, they'll all be wearing a waistcoat. They've all got bought a black waistcoat, especially for them. Uh, so you can also win, uh, while, you're, while we're doing this, I'll get this out of the way. A copy of 10, the DVD, I'm giving away for free at We're All Going to Die, only at the Edinburgh Fringe. Really, I ran a breath halfway through that sentence. How bad I've got already. Uh, and uh, you can buy that at Go Faster Stripe if you wish. Uh, you can, uh, Glenn Wall's DVD, that's for you. Will Hodgson's DVD. I've stolen one of uh, Brendan Burns' books, Fear of Hat Loss in Las Vegas, from backstage. He leaves all his stuff backstage. I, I wonder at what point he'll realise I'm just stealing one a day. He might, he might charge me for them, I might give him some money for it, you never know. Uh, and my book, Talking Cock, which is even better than Brendan Burns, he, he's, fear, he's scared of losing his hat because he's got, he's all bald, isn't he? He's got hair, hair plugs in. You know what I should have said when he said, uh, when he talked about hair plugs, it only struck me later. This is a very, this is very much the spirit de l'escalier. Uh, no plugs on this show. That's what I should have said. But it was too late. It was too late to do it. But I'm going to edit that back in, that bit there. That's why I said it then, so I can go back. Uh, and edit it back. And there's tickets, uh, through three sets of tickets to Lucy Porter, my fantastic ex-flatmate. Yeah, it's going to get exciting now, I wish. Uh, she was, I uh, think, date number three, actually. I did take her on a date on my 50 dates in 50 days, but no action for Rich on that night. Uh, much to my chagrin. She's a beautiful woman. Um, but, uh, so, <laughs> and oh yes, look, there's a packet of uh, Haribo. Today it is uh, Tankfastics. We're not sponsored by Haribo. We're not sponsored by anyone. You can sponsor us if you wish. Get in touch with money. <laughs> Some crayons. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> and of the secret prize today, I don't know if you better really work out what it is, even if you're in the audience. There is that. Don't say what it is. I don't even really. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. I think maybe it's this. It's, uh, this. This is very exciting. I'll do it later on. 
That'll be an exciting thing later on when Doug comes in. And then we'll make a, a visual feast for, uh, for the, all the people here. So you're having a nice time. Have I warmed you up yet? I haven't done any jokes yet, have I? I've just been plugging stuff. When it's ironic. <laughs> ironic I said no plugs on this show when it's all plugs. Uh, thus far, uh, I've been enjoying walking around town and seeing all the kind of 19 and 20 year old students in their first year at the fridge. Not like I used to when I was about 40. I enjoyed that for different reasons. <laughs> But now I've grown up a bit more and realised that that is disgusting. Uh, so uh, but now I sort of feel very, I feel very kind of uh, avuncular towards these. It reminds me of being 19 or 20. You see all these excited little students walking around the street talking much too loud, about to be punched by a, a Scotsman. Uh, but, uh, and it makes me, it makes me hard back. I was walking under the underpass near uh, Bristow Square yesterday, and there was like two men playing, two young men playing guitars, whilst two young women sort of sat on the ramp drinking red wine out of a bottle, pretending to enjoy the music. It was, it took me back and sort of looking, oh, I hope I look cool. It took me back to an awful time that I remember as being wonderful now. That's the, it's, like, it's like being in a time machine, Edinburgh. It's incredible. I, I, you know, I, could, I should have joined in with him. I'm 40, 46 years old. It's a shame. It's a shame. I said I was 26 on stage the other day and everyone laughed at me. I thought that was unfair. So look, we're going to crack straight on. We've got two fantastic guests. I'm hoping that they are going to, I'm pretty sure they are going to talk quite a lot. And I can sit back and, and sort of have a day off. Uh, but uh, they're, they are, uh, they're loquacious women and very funny women and uh, full of fantastic stories, even backstage. Uh, it's already started backstage. So will you please welcome my fantastic guests, Janie Godley and Ashley Story. It's a, it's a mother and daughter threesome. What every man dreams of. Come on in, there's, there's a mic there. That, one's, that might be your mic. There we go. Hello, Ashley. Hiya. How are you doing? Hello, Janie. She just asked me, did Danny W hand up? <laughs> She's wee. We, uh, Jerry is prepared to come on and lift. Uh, <laughs> smaller women, he will lift. That's, that, <laughs> Susan Cowan got lifted onto that. that well, I'm taller Jerry. than Susan, but I'm not as tall as her, so that's irritated no. me no end. <laughs> It's not fair when you have a child that grows taller than you. I think she should be pillowed, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> so how are you doing? You're, both, you're doing a show, uh, not a dub, double act, but a double-headed show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're doing a show together. Because it's rude. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a double-headed dildo, a double-headed show. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not being crude. You're a mother and daughter. I've got to be respectful <laughs> to you, to begin with. Double-headed dildo is always awesome. Um, yeah, we're doing a show I open for Mum. I do the first 15, 20 minutes, depending on how good I'm doing, maybe five if it goes badly, and then send Mum on. Right. Yeah, it's good, it's good fun because Ashley's done stand-up when she was a kid, Yeah. and she's still the youngest in the world ever to do her own show at the Edinburgh Festival at 13. It was that or up a chimney. <laughs> so she's back and she's an adult, and it's good fun. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Do you know what I'm really enjoying? Standing at the back of the room watching her nervous, because... I went through that when I was given birth, so it's a kind of, <laughs> finally, it's revenge. And you, did you, you gave up doing stand-up after, after your teenage years? Um, I did it when I was 11 until I was 14, and then I retired <laughs> to do my standard grades. <laughs> and, um, you know, do school and stuff. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was puberty hit. And when you're 11, you're like, oh, nothing bothers me, it's fine, I'm going to be great, I'm going to grow up and be William Shatner. And then, <laughs> true. <laughs> That's what I thought I was going to do. Join Starfleet Academy and go into space. And then I realised that wasn't happening. No. So when I hit 14, puberty hit, and I suddenly became incredibly self-conscious. And I had, like, a boob. And was just like, oh no, <laughs> can't go and talk in front of people, that's mortifying. Do you remember that time when you just grew one boob yes. together? Yes, no, no I do, <laughs> <laughs> You incorporated it into your Edinburgh Festival show <laughs> and told loads of people, how can I forget <laughs> that one boob came before the other? <laughs> um, for those listening, I have two now. <laughs> also single. <laughs> also still involved with William Shatner deeply. Yes. To be honest, for most of our listeners, two boobs is enough. And that is all you need. <laughs> to be honest, one will do for most of them. <laughs> Any of them will be happy with none. But if you went to Starfleet and you just had one boob, that would be amazing because there must be a sci fi show where a woman with just one. Well, there's the, the three boobed women and whatchamacallit, the oxygen. Total, Total Recall. Recall. Total Recall. Yeah. Yep. And in the remake of Total Recall, not as excitingly. 
No. Did you get all dead horny and dirty when you saw the T-Bibbid one? In I, I enjoy it. I still enjoy it. I, 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 watch, <laughs> I don't mind I watch Total Recall. It's one of those films that it comes on. I watch it every single time it comes on. So I've seen it about 18, 20 times from about a third of the way in. And then occasionally I watch it in the beginning. I don't remember any of this stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a fantastic film. Uh, but uh, you did, uh, you had a, a Twitter correspondence with William Shatner in the end, didn't you? So I remember seeing Yes, so you're yes. genuinely obsessed with William Shatner. Um, it was my birthday coming up, and we have a podcast too. You do. And the podcast listeners were quite excited. One year before, they tried to get Donny Wahlberg from New Kids on the Block to say hello. He didn't. Um, so he's so a dick. He's a dick. <laughs> Don't like New Kids on the Block anymore. Um, so I was like, oh, I wish William Shatner would talk to me on Twitter. And I used to have this overriding fear that he'd die and not know that I loved him. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but I used to get panic attacks about this. Um, so I was like, stop nodding, Mum, they understand. <laughs> I can see some guys in ironic t-shirts, they get it. So um, a lot of my Twitter followers started writing to at William Shatner saying hello to Ashley Stoney. And then at three in the morning, I drank quite a lot of gin. I was in London. I saw my auntie's next door neighbour's ball sack through a window, so I thought that was a treat in and of itself. <laughs> and I get a phone call from New Zealand saying, you need to go and look at William Shatner's Twitter. And he had written, what's Ashley's story? And my name's Ashley Story. But he hadn't added me in it, and I was like, it's me, I'm Ashley Story. And then we had a correspondence, and he writes to me sometimes. So she literally screamed at three in the morning, Pivot. Richard, in the flat, and I thought, oh my God. Another bat has flown in the window. That happens. That happens to Ashley. She attracts bats. And um, but no, it was William Shatner. And you know how you want to be happy for your daughter, but you're already having a good dream about George Clooney. And I'm like, I don't give a flying fuck, William Shatner. Don't ever scream me awake about Twitter, or I swear to God, I'll just punch you in the arm. And then, so. but then, then she yeah. ended up talking to still on my Oh, Mum stole William Shatner from me. Yeah, I did. Him and I get, and he went, "Oh my God, you can't be mother and daughter. You're very young." So we were flirting. She came through with a hot cup of coffee, ready to burn me. All this happened at five in the morning. So you're going to meet up with uh, William Shatner? Do you think? Oh, I, I'd hope so. But yeah. but at least now he knows that I love him, so I yeah. don't have to worry about that anymore. That's good. Too. That's very creepy, isn't it? <laughs> There's a funny story happening where I'm getting to see the top I love to announce the dead, like my dad. My dad's at an age when he wakes up, because guess who's dead? And when old people do that, it's the favourite thing, is that Schindler's list and just marking it off. Well, I've realised that I'm doing that now, and at the festival last year, we were in the underbelly, it was a big party, and I see Marshall across the room. Dick at a party, so I shouted and she saw me, that's her code. So I thought, what I'll do, Richard, is I'll mime it so that the listeners can't hear what I did. But I walked really slowly and really exaggeratedly, and she screamed, My granda! I went, No, Neil Armstrong. <laughs> and then I realised that my daughter thinks that if my beloved father dies, I will mime it at a party. <laughs> She told me that my granny had died by putting my head in the fridge and shutting the door and then shouting, your granny's dead. And that wasn't away. really how it happened. <laughs> you jammed my head in the fridge. That's not the truth. Stop it. That is the truth. <laughs> I remember you jammed my head and then you went, your Nana Clark's dead and ran away. <laughs> remember? We all cope with death in different ways. This is true, this is true. We, we were supposed to be at a funeral today in Glasgow yes. because a famous man in our family had died. He's called Hologram Tam. I don't know if any of you people know this story, but a couple of years ago, he got put in prison because he made the most amazing counterfeit notes. Let me take you back. In the early 80s, I used to own a pub, and it's a bit rough, a bit criminal family background. Not mine, Ashley's. I, again, you chose to marry into that. I was just born. Oh, stop blaming me. So, Tam used to drink in our pub, and he got money and started a print business. And the print business was legit back then, and he got the um, contract to print the police records and police documents, which, with hindsight, was a mistake. <laughs> he printed police warrants, he printed police heading letters, everything. Flash forward to 1993, Tam's in bigger business, and I don't know if anybody here remembers, 
the early 90s when there was a flood of incredibly amazing fake £50 notes. And such was his ability to counterfeit these notes, it almost broke down the, the British economy and questions were asked in Parliament. And to this day, you can't get a Scottish note taken in London. That's, that's the reason. That's my family that. did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and they were widespread, these notes. So Tam got caught back in the 90s, Richard. They got caught. And he got caught by rights. He had actually invented a computer that could print and put the metal strip through the note. The the people who make the currency, what do you call them? The Treasury. The Treasury had to Royal Mint. Yeah, the Royal Mint had to make a new note because he tam. So he got caught and he's in court and this is the early nineties, they found the print, they found the ink, they found the piece of foil that he invented that could go through the note. And he's drunk, he's the trunk, he's in court. And then the very last day, when the prosecution were summing up, they said, we've got this, we've got the print, we've got the ink, we've got the machines, we've got the warrant. And Tom went, hang on a minute, can I see the warrant? And his, his lawyer's gone, what are you doing? He went, trust me. So they got the warrant, and of course the warrant had a misspelling on it, and he got off in a technicality. Because <laughs> he had printed that warrant. <laughs> Well, his funeral is today, he passed away. <laughs> but he got, he, he came back again with the old printy money scam and he invented the hologram. He, he could replicate the hologram off of notes that were supposed to make them unforgeable he and he it. ended up the Al-Qaeda wanted them to work for him. He said, no, can I just state this man had billions of fake money and every year gave me a fake Kylie Minogue CD for my birthday, <laughs> the same CD. But when he got caught the second time, the in the 2007. The only like legit thing he printed was her posters for the French. <laughs> so when the police found him, they had been watching his shop, and the police came up to me and wanted to question me. They're like, "We have photographs of you carrying boxes and boxes <laughs> from this from this printing shop." And I had to explain that it is because she's lazy and I had to go pick up her flyers every day <laughs> for the festival. And poor Steve, Steve Oliphorn, who's got a great photographic exhibition of the Gilded, yeah. he get questions, he said the, the picture of me in a, a gift file thing and, and they went, they even traced, and Steve Oliphorn, such a straight lovely wee gay, he's like, Jenny, the police were on the phone. <laughs> so we dragged the whole Edinburgh Festival into Tam's horrible criminal web. But his funeral is today, so I'm, I'm thinking about him. But he was a good man, and by the way, what a forger he was. He was amazing. And that's how we paid the Edinburgh Festival every year. Are, yeah. you, are you sure he didn't fake his own death? Though? Yay! That would be good. Thank you. Uh, Colin's a hologram. I don't know if you know that. that he's actually, right, some people can't. We've had to extend the stage to keep him. He's kind of attacked a couple of his guests. <laughs> he always sits there. So we've had to extend that. So there's just a little bit more time. We couldn't put up a fence or anything. But if he, if he goes, we've just got a bit more time to set. So just what, keep your eye. Oh, he's actually quite cheery today. He's like morphed from Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Do you so know Star Trek got? reference. Usually, no. usually goes well with my fans, but no. <laughs> Deep Space Nine, too, not, not for no, fans of that. Too hard. Thank you. Good, yeah. Thank so you. you Guy who always sits at the bar and never speaks. Yep. One man got oh, it. That's Are you that's, single? That's Adam Buxton. He looks like, he's called Adam Buxton. Hello, he, looks Adam. A, he, he looks a bit like Adam Buxton. He isn't really. This is Rasputin great. isn't in today. We've got some regulars coming in. We'll get one for you in a minute. You look a bit like the guy from Mad Men. That's who you look like. We'll do She's broke oh, her mic. Oh, gosh. We got enough trouble. Ian Lavender was just speaking, he was speaking into the mic. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. <laughs> He's a lovely man. It was a terrifying podcast yesterday because uh, Tony was a. Tony, I, 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 the first time in my life I ever thought, oh, I wish Rumpel was here. Uh, <laughs> to, to calm things down a little bit. So, uh, so your book, Jenny, is fantastic about you. Thank you. You've come from a, an unusual background as a stand-up comedian. Because yeah. Most stand-up comedians come out of Oxford or Cambridge and they're horrible pricks. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you've come from a properly working-class Glasgow background, yes. a quite horrific uh, childhood. Yeah, full of comedy. This story. <laughs> um, I come from the East End of Glasgow. I come from a place where the Catholics hate the Protestants. The Protestants hate the Catholics. Occasionally, a brown person turned up and took the heat off everybody. Um, I married a Catholic, and there was a theme wedding. The theme was hatred, because um, I'm a Protestant. I'm not really. I'm just not a Catholic. Yeah, I came from a very difficult background, and I'm really proud of it. And the book does 
tell you the whole thing. And I had been abused as a kid. Don't worry, don't rush the stage and hug me. Later on, I married into gangsters and we got them done in for my birthday. <laughs> Joking, I got a bracelet. Um, and then I married into a gangster family. My mum was murdered. And there is comedy in this. And, um, and then I owned a bar for 15 years. And do you know who started my bar? I do know. You tell us. Jerry Sadowitz. Yeah. I gave him his first ever gig. My crazy brother Jim, who also died recently, because nobody in my family stays alive. <laughs> Jim was a crazy drug addict, and he was mad. And he was a my brother was a conspiracy theorist, and when he lived in Bowness, and the UFO sightings tell them um, in Bowness, it was the the highest UFO sighting area in the whole of Britain. And then Uncle Jim moved to Essex, and it dropped out. Yeah. Of <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Jim managed to change the rankings of UFO sightings <laughs> and he brought Jerry Sadowitz into my bar way in the early 80s and I didn't know what comedy was. To me comedy was just English men on the telly wearing suits and short hair that's pretty much All in a suit, short hair, cut glasses, yay, what about my mother-in-law? It was that, <laughs> much like it is now. And um, I didn't like stand-up comedy because it didn't appeal to me, it was just all English men. So it was talking lots and stuff like comedy fun. And he brought Jerry Sadowitz into the bar. He was just this chaotic. He has not changed. That's what he was like from day dot. And my brother went, this is Jerry. He's a bit fucked and mental. But he likes to do comedy and a couple of magic tricks. I told him I'm going to take you right to the top. So here he is. <laughs> it is worth noting that Uncle Jim did think he was Brian Ferry for three weeks. So yes, he did. Came and did magic at the pub. The best trick he ever did was beat a gangster. I don't know if he knows a gangster from Glasgow, but Arthur Thompson was called the Godfather. He drank in my pub, and Jerry got up. Jerry got up. Jerry. He had a. He just got up with. Somebody give me a watch, and I'm behind the bar going, not him, please don't make it him. Please don't take Arthur Thompson's Rolex Oyster watch. Yes, he took his watch, so he's Arthur Thompson's most expensive watch. Arthur Thompson's insane. And Jerry took a hammer and smashed it, springs hurt people in the eye. I'm like, oh, we're all going to die, this is good. And then he gave Jerry, he gave um, Arthur Thompson an apple and a knife. What a and I was like, and of course, Thompson opened up the apple and there was his watch. It's legendary in Glasgow. Everybody's like, what the fuck? So of course, the minute the gangsters got a hold of an amazing magician like Sadowitz, Sadowitz, what do you think the first thing they did with him? We're gone to the casino! <laughs> You're one of us now! Let's go to the casino! Jerry went missing. He's like, I can't deal with it anymore. Did a whole year in our pub. Did he? Yeah, loved him. Great fun. That's right, yeah. He's, yeah, he's one of my favourites, so that's thank you for bringing him to the world. And he literally brought you into the world. Yeah, so uh, and, and, and he was a good friend of my brother's as well, and I still love it. And he, he remembered my brother so fondly. And he does say my brother is the person that dragged him into show business. My crazy brother. <laughs> he sold dogs. <laughs> but, uh, the, the book's very, the book's very, really, really good. Oh, you should, thank you. should all buy it. Hands, hands in the dark. Yeah. Uh, very well, well worth buying. And um, you... Your dad and your husband is a lot. Of a lot of your comedy comes about. Yes. That's your husband. You can explain your dad. <laughs> um, my dad has Asperger's and dyslexia, so he's both illiterate and irritating. Um, he is a former criminal who had to give up the job because the heavy lifting got a wee bit too much for him. He's not very good in social situations. No, he's not. He doesn't like eye contact with people. Um, he's great fun around comedians because they all have a need to be loved and watched and he just refuses to look at them or talk to them so they all have this need to make him like them and I'm like, you can't, he's, he's autistic he's the he's worst one at work he's the worst person backstage when I show worst, when I used to gig, I'd have him backstage and somebody, you know, comedians come up and go yeah, that was great, he's like, no mate, you were really shit I don't even know why you think you're a comedian <laughs> or you know when people come off stage and they want to analyse their set and they come off stage and they're like, you know, I think this worked, but like this didn't work. It's like, no, I don't like anything you say. Neither did that audience. <laughs> what is it you used to do before you were a comedian? Go back to that. 
he's very honest, that's because Asperger's, and he collects black pens, and sometimes she'll go, ha ha, I can't believe you married him. I'm like, hey, I had just have sex with him, you've got his creepy DNA. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't, you know, some people, it's like Andy Murray has his mum at all his tennis matches, which I think is a bit weird. <laughs> but you've got your mum at all your gigs, and no. like literally you're doing all your gigs together. Just these, just, just these. these. Oh, when I do right. gigs around Glasgow or Edinburgh or London, I'm, I don't let her, I don't let her Do you tailor out. the material when your mum is, no. your mum is Janie Godley, so, no. so there's nothing really that could shock her. No, I, there's really genuinely nothing <laughs> that could shock her. The conversations we've had, I mean, as I say, we've got a podcast, and if you ever listen to it, you'll realise that perhaps there are things that we shouldn't have spoken about in our life. Yeah. Tennis elbow being one of them. Um, I'm not going to tell you what that is. You have to listen. Find out how I got tennis elbow. (laughs) (laughs) And why she asked me advice on it. I don't know, that's never happened to me. Let's never speak of this again. It's nice to have a close relationship. Guessing. Uh, well, talking of talking of that, I've actually got uh, some emergency questions I should ask you uh, that I ask everyone. Um, I've got an addendum to this one that someone suggested on Twitter, which I'm going to give a go. Uh, this hasn't worked yet. This is a question, really. I don't think, but I'm persisting with it. If you had to marry one of the Muppets, one of the characters from the Muppets, uh, if you were, uh, which one of the Muppets would you marry? So it's not just about which one you have sex with. It's not that childish, but you would have to have sex. With. Uh, but uh, but which one do you think you would get on with best? I would I would go with Big Bird. Big Bird. Yeah, because it would make me look quite small and slim beside it. it would. Yeah, I would do Big Bird. I think that you'd be better married to both of those two wee old guys who sit in the balcony who are quite mean <laughs> and nasty. Waldorf and Stanley. Yes. Why? I don't know. You have Waldorf and of Statler. That's <laughs> creepy, actually. I wish you had be suggesting. Well, that. one of them looks a bit like William Shatner. I so like <laughs> I could imagine. You'd like, you'd like older men. It's a, it's a, no, it's just a William Shatner. Just William Shatner and, and that puppet from the Muppets <laughs> we just established. Uh, this is the addendum to the question. If uh, Stuart Lee had to wank you off with one of the Muppets, <laughs> which it would be Stuart Lee holding one of the Muppets and he would use it to masturbate you, well, hopefully which one would you, would you use then? Hopefully he wouldn't get tennis elbow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, is there like a suicide clause He's an old, Stuart Lee's old man, you should like him. Yeah, but I've known Stuart Lee since I was like 11. That's creepy. Actually, just imagine Stuart Lee with a puppet on his hand, wanking you. Let's do it. Mum, please don't say that. I think that's the question, isn't it? It is. He likes to wank people off with puppets. That's what he does. So that's why it's a good good question. Is he just giving up, annoying everybody and taking up to wanking with puppets? (laughs) 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 This new thing. All right, didn't work, but thank you, whoever that was on Twitter, for suggesting <laughs> that. Uh, and here's an emergency question. Would you rather be a cow or a badger, and why? I'd rather be a badger, because they're hip in the comedy scene just now. <laughs> All yeah. the jokes are about badgers yeah. nowadays. Um, I would like to be... I, I think I would like to be a cow, just as thought just... You're a cow. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'd like to be a cow. Yeah. I think a, a cow's got quite a, an interesting docile life, and I'm a wee bit like an old fat cow that wanders around. So, I, and, and I still get milk from my teats. Do you? Yeah. No, I don't. I just want to see Ashley's face when I say that. Well, that is a, that. Funny enough, that you lead us to another emergency question, which is, which you'll be able to answer, Jane. Most people can't answer this. Uh, Ashley, uh, what age were you breastfed until? My mother didn't breastfeed ah. me, which is where a lot of my issues stem from. <laughs> I didn't breastfeed you because don't. I had a, an, an illness. You know that when Catherine, middle, I, I like to call her Catherine of Partick, Prince William's wife, <laughs> um, she had hyperemesis gravadium. Remember when she was really sick? I had that for nine months and I almost died twice in pregnancy. So by the time I gave birth, I had nothing. I was just a husk. <laughs> she never lets me forget. No, I don't. Whenever she doesn't make me tea, I'm like, I nearly died. You nearly killed me as a fetus. Make me tea, you bitch. <laughs> so, I was a parasitical fetus. You were? Yes. Yeah. 
Worked it okay, didn't it? It's worked, it's worked out, right? You've worked it all right. Exploit her back as a 11 yes. year old. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're going out to work to make up for what you've done. So let's talk because you are, you're at, uh, you podcast every week for, how, for three years. Three years. Doing? This yeah. three years, like two weeks ago, was our third birthday. Yeah. Yeah, it's called Jamie Godley's podcast, which really irritates Ashley. <laughs> but we did it just because we decided to, you know, I'm never going to go on TV. I'm white, Scottish woman, working class in the mold. Unless we kill somebody, there's not going to be on anything. Um, so I decided that we'd make our own podcast. And it's it's been really exciting and frightening. And sometimes, like you do it every week, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You, you get tied to it and you're like, oh, I don't want to do it. Somebody's died, somebody's had an accident, somebody's in the hospital, I'm really grumpy, she's got a date. So that was a joke, she's never had a date. That's never been an excuse. I once broke my foot sliding on vomit in a nightclub when I didn't get a date. And that was why we had to cancel one week. But it's been, the continuity is good. And we enjoy doing it. We enjoy the interaction with people and it's global and it gets 100,000 hits and everybody joins in and we get amazing emails and gifts, weird gifts. Yeah. You get weird gifts? I d yeah, I have done. <laughs> I tend to throw them all in the bin. <laughs> just, for, just for letting people, well, if it's a food stuff thing, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm not really keen to. I get lots of pictures of my head photoshopped on bodies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Some of them are Whose bodies? Um, it depends. Sometimes Star Trek characters. Sometimes because I'm really scared of gimps, like right. gimp suit people, not yeah. gimps as in, but you know, people in gimp suits. Yeah. I used to have a fear that one was sleeping under my bed because <laughs> I saw it in an episode of CSI once, and um, people used to send me photoshops of like pictures of my bedroom that were on Facebook with with gimps hiding around. That's not yeah, very people, nice. People, no, it's not really nice. <laughs> it's not really nice. But we enjoy doing it, um, and we've learnt so much from it, um, and, and we like it, don't we? I enjoy it, I like it. I think that it's a good place to voice your opinions, and you don't get censored, and there's not a producer who's completely uncreative giving you their jobs worth saying, do you know what I think would be funny? Badges. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that doesn't happen, so that's really great. And we have run-in scenes. I have a character called the Bold Alec, yes. and it's a very Glaswegian character knows what the Americans and Canadians and, and people make up this character. But it's a big Glasgow character and I'm going to move the mic away because she's quite loud. She goes, I fell out of a bull darling and somebody stole a big fucking outside. You have the nice green fun. It doesn't make sense to anybody. But that's, that's Glasgow. She's a character in the podcast that I do occasionally. And some people have asked me to sing in the theme of the bull darling. By the way, the bull darling is a real person in my family. Yes. So. <laughs> That's that's the only time we ever edit because we don't. I don't allow her to edit because she doesn't know how to edit, so I have to do it. But I don't allow it. I think once you've said it, you've done your forty minutes. It's there. You can't go back and take it back. You have to leave it as it is. And the only time I'll edit is if she says actual family members' names yeah. and libelous things that <laughs> which I want to do. do. <laughs> she doesn't really understand privacy law or no, copyright law. I think the Tim and Freya debate exposed that. Yeah. Mum went on a train and tweeted a conversation between people, posted pictures of them, all sorts. <laughs> it went global. Three million hits on Twitter. It got on Storify. Tim and Freya. There was a bit where the woman said, well, I'm not going to groom Deborah. I'm like, please let Deborah be a horse and not a child. <laughs> <laughs> I tweeted a whole argument and we used that argument last year. We took it and actually wrote a play. We did a one night play of Tim and Freya and it was really good. We did a good laugh. But again, an infringement of people's privacy laws. <laughs> <laughs> so was it literally just everything that they were actually called Tim yes, and Freya? Yes, yes. She, she just wrote down everything they said. Uh -huh. Have they got back to you at all? Well, he did. Oh, did he? He did, yeah. Um, it became a glow. It was on TV last week on the programme, Don't Blame don't blame Facebook. And Tim and Freya became a huge phenomenon. And then, the, because she was talking about him on the phone to her friend Lisa when he went to the toilet, she's like, I'm not pregnant, but I've got the morning after pill. I might take it, I might not take it. And I'm recording everything <laughs> verbatim in 140 characters. I know. Do you know what? Fucking newspaper would have saved all our lives if it's something to read. But don't lie, everybody here would run round an aisle in a supermarket to hear a domestic. So it's just you. He get he get in contact with me and he said, I'm Tim and I went, Well, you need to send me a picture because I know what you look like and he did. And I was like, Oh hello. And <laughs> he said, Thank you for writing all that. I, I, 
I didn't know she said all that behind my back. We have broke up for finally and good. And um, so I broke up a couple on Twitter. <laughs> but my best fight on Twitter was with Donald Trump. Donald Trump, why would he answer me back? Donald Trump went, my golf course is looking amazing. And Ashley found a picture of the golf course that actually subsided at the ninth hole. And I wrote, no, it's not, your ninth hole has collapsed. And he went, it looks fine. I went, here's an idea. Why don't you grow the grass long and just comb it over it? <laughs> but the new Twitter trolling laws could actually inhibit your right to call Donald, Donald Trump, Trump a candy floss heated cunt bag. Yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> Which is what we like to do of a day. And that's what my show's about at the Gilded Balloon, is I talk about how Twitter and Facebook and the laws and how it affects us. The thing is, Richard, if you're famous, you know, like that, that woman, Caroline, who campaigned to get a, a female head on the English bank yeah. Forgive me, but I thought the Queen was already a woman. Anyway, <laughs> she um, got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of death threats. And terrible, terrible. And then she got lots of famous people, quite rightly so, and MPs and journalists all came on her side. My point is, if you're not famous and you're just a woman called Sandra and you live in Easter House or in Hull, and you get Twitter trolled and you get death threats on Facebook because you don't know anybody, you're going to suffer. And I'm really angry about the two-tier law system that goes on here. I mean, like Tom Daly, Tom Daly um, failed to win the gold, and I was promised it. And um, <laughs> seriously, they couldn't put a pair of trousers on that kid for a year. And then he got the, the bronze, and then a man said, your dead father is disappointed. I know a few people gasped. Weirdly, you never made any noise at the rape and death threats about the woman. Isn't that an interesting dichotomy? <laughs> and, um, and he didn't even report it to the police. And in four hours' time, that man who Twitter trolled him got his door kicked in. So it's all about how, if you're famous, you will get help. If, if you're not, then you're on your own. So I tell my audiences, follow me. Somebody trolls you, I'll give you a two option. I can get somebody that can shoot them for the price of a box of eggs. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll gather some friends and help you out. No more inequality on Twitter. We should all have the police on our side. We but should just get doors kicked in constantly. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, yeah, no one should be being threatened. You know, no. I mean, if you're, if it's the same as ringing. If you're ringing someone up and going, I'm going to come round yeah, yeah. you, then no one would think for a second that was acceptable. Yeah. I don't think many people think it's acceptable. No, not at all. It's acceptable. It isn't acceptable. No. But what's also not acceptable is if you're famous and in the public eye, the police act quicker to that. No, no, it's true. And, and if you're not famous, then you're, you're not. I mean, it happened to us. We got death threats um, from a, a, a group who... Follow, follow, a ranger's website. I don't even know who they're following anymore. Um, yeah, because their team no longer exists. <laughs> anyway, they sent us death threats and, and bomb threats, and the police came to the house and said that she should stop being annoying. Yeah, they, essentially that's what we were told, is maybe you should be less annoying. And basically that's like, I'm sorry you were raped, but you wore a short skirt. Yes, that's I'm the like, equivalent. So we had a fight with the police over it, and they just told me that I was to stop being cheeky on Twitter, which is never going to happen, because my show's called Ungagged, and that's who I'll always be. So, screw yes. them. <laughs> that's that. Huzzah! Vote me for Parliament! Well done. Please don't become an MP, please. <laughs> Now, usually I ask my guests, I don't know if I can ask this in front of your mum, though. No, go for it. Um, what would it take for both, I don't think both of you at the same time, Good. Uh, separately, uh, to fillet the act to Keith Allen? What would that, what would it take for that to happen? Keith Allen tried Keith Allen. Jobs and soup, I'll take blowjobs. Yeah, because there's a thing in Glasgow, you're not a housewife until you can make good soup. Right. I can't make soup, so blowjob, five minutes, job done. <laughs> <laughs> and Whereas I'm happy to make a stock. <laughs> <laughs> Where 
is I think lentils are just called soup buttons and I'd <laughs> seen a big bag of lentils and peas and I went, what is that? Soup buttons. She's like, my God, you are so working class, you frighten me. Ashley knows what couscous is. I thought it was a disease you got if you touched Keith Allen's cock. <laughs> so you know a story about Keith Allen you're not allowed to tell us? I'm not allowed to tell you. No, we was just drunk at a party and he stole a bottle of vodka. But it's not that's that's a wee bit more <laughs> extensive than that. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see Welling though, so I don't worry about that. You did, you did, you did. Didn't, you didn't, 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 did not. That's how you say that. Didn't. Did not. Uh, I did not see his Willing. I did not see his Willing. Well, a lot of people have. He gets it out quite a lot. Does he? Yeah. That's where that question originated from uh, way back on the second of these podcasts. This is going to have 75 at the end of this run. Matthew Crosby said he was in a, a bar once. And Keith Allen sort of walked in and who wants to suck my cock? And then no, and everyone just sort of looked a bit embarrassed. Then he had to kind of go, huh? After Davis and Cresswell asked me if he could come in my tits. Really? Guess what happened to him? <laughs> I need him right in the cock. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't have an agent and I'm not on telly now. <laughs> He's saying that all the women who are on telly didn't need Maybe him in the they could let that happen. <laughs> no, I'm joking, but he was really drunk and offensive. I don't understand men. What is that thing with men, Richard? Where they go, who wants to see my cock? You're like, why? Why is that even a thing? Don't you have a funny story or a good picture of a cat in your wallet or something? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I say, I, I found myself saying more and more, suck suck my balls. Yeah. I don't know why, but it just makes me smile because people are like, you don't have balls. And like, my metaphorical ones, they're bigger than yours. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> and your dad, because he's Asperger's, keeps saying, why does she keep talking about balls? <laughs> I can't oh, help it. Mental, I don't know where it came mean. from. But men do it. I don't understand. It's the same thing, Richard, we have in Scotland when men go to a wedding and they wear a kilt. They have this awful need to keep lifting it and showing us the cock. Do you know what? See, in other circumstances, that'd be indecent exposure. <laughs> but just somehow at a Scottish wedding, it's considered a jape. Yeah. <laughs> just running about. Well, you know, some people have difficulty communicating verbally, and so therefore have to go. So they're going to do think, five uh, signals. This is what kids. I want. Uh. <laughs> well, oh, maybe it's just a way of going, well, I did that, and then no one was interested. But if, oh. they, if they spent some time, they would still have no one interested. I, I, don't, I, I don't know if any woman have ever gone out with a skirt and then just went, you know what I need to do? Show my nudge to strangers. Yeah, and a There was a woman on Churchfield Road in uh, Ballam who used to do that on the roundabout. Was she your friend? Yeah, she was, but it was quite... <laughs> she would be there, mate. She wore a nightie out and she would just, uh, as the cars were going past, would just pick that up. That sounds like you. <laughs> Churchfield, That's never happened. I'm planning for it to happen when I get old. I, I'm going to be that old woman with the tartan hurley with the cats that shows people my fanny. <laughs> I'm planning on it. I think that's a fucking dignified way to live out your life. <laughs> Scream at the police and kick children and throw a lollipop man into the road. I'm looking forward to that stuff. Well, look, we're going to have a quick break to bring on an act who's done the show before. Unfortunately, his act is just getting his cock out, so it's going to be a bit embarrassing for him. He just go, comes on and says, anyone want to see my cock, and then gets it out. So he's going to feel a bit foolish, I think, uh, when he comes on. It isn't that. He's an amazing uh, mind-reading... Is that a word? Uh, I'm going to pretend it is. It's Doug Siegel. Give it up. with that um, there's nothing psychic or spooky about what I do. All I'm doing is using one or more of the following skills from my background in psychology and in advertising. So I'm using statistics, persuasion techniques, sometimes I'm using subliminal influence, and then I'm coupling that with two key advertising skills of cheating and lying <laughs> to create the illusion of mind reading and mind control. Uh, what else should I tell you? Obviously this is a little mind reading section of the show so there is going to need to be audience participation otherwise I'm just a really overconfident man claiming everything's going according to plan, but with no actual proof. A bit like George Osborne. <laughs> so, um, let's see. Um, lady here, you look nice. What's your name, miss? Emma. Emma, would you mind joining me? Give Emma a big round of applause. <laughs> Emma, come on, take a seat. Thank you very much. Let's move this uh, microphone back so we can both talk to each other. Um, Emma, what I have here is I have a list of around 100 activities. I would like you into the microphone, please, to read some of those activities out for me. There's literally about a hundred there, yeah? I'm going to need you to just choose one. 
Okay, but don't let anyone know which one you're choosing. Just look at it. Choose one just for yourself. Choose one from the list. You have one? Yes? Okay, good. What we're going to try and do, I'm sorry, your name, who was? Emma. What we're going to try and do, Emma, is I am going to try and work out which activity you are thinking of. Okay? Now, the only thing I ask of you, Emma, is if I ask you any questions, you must answer completely honestly. Is that okay? Yeah. Fabulous. So, I'll try to do some technical stuff first, Emma. I'll try to work out some of the letters in the word. Is that okay? So, you can just think about all the letters in the word just randomly. Um, don't have to be in order, but. Okay, I'm, I'm instantly, I'm getting the letter E, is that correct? Yeah. I don't know where you come from, where I come from, that's a fucking miracle. But if we want to stay silent, that's absolutely fine. Um, think about the last letter of the word for me. That's comprised of just two straight lines, yes? Yes or no? They don't know yeah. if you could, yes, yes? Come on, people, come on! <laughs> oh, hang on, uh, which means that, um, I, 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 I think, I might know what your word is, and I'm, I'm a little bit confused about it. Um, I'm going to ask you some, some things about this activity. Um, and, and I'm hoping I'm wrong, I'm going to be honest, Emma, but we will see. Um, so is this an activity you, you take part in? Yeah. Okay. Um, and how, how recently did you, did you last do this activity? Oh, this morning. <laughs> okay, okay, no, that's okay. Um, and, and how often a day would you say you do it? Many, many times. <laughs> right, okay. Um, <laughs> is, is, it, is it something you do alone or? No, it's lots of people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, is, is this something you do what, what, in a car or a, yeah, in a plane? Yeah. Okay, is there a particular part of your body you use when you're doing it? Um, my mouth. <laughs> that sounds like you're, you're hesitant to tell us another body part. <laughs> Okay, um, is this something you and I could do together after the show? Yeah, <laughs> If I pay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, I think I must be wrong about this. Um, I've obviously got this wrong, she seems far too nice. Um, let's try something slightly different. In my show, so in my show, my show's nothing like this. In my show, which is on the 6.30 p.m. for Good and Blue, um, I, I have a big machine called the Brainmatizer 3000. Uh, in which I use to turn members of the audience into mind readers. Um, so nothing like this is much less smutty. Um, but um, I brought a little chunk of it here. It's not really quite the same thing, but I think what I can do is I can scan your mind with this device I have here and then beam it out to one member of the audience, thus making them temporarily a mind reader. I don't know, do, we, do we have house lights in here? Is that possible so the lady can see them? If not, just a wild standard. Oh, look! <gasps> look at them! Aren't they lovely? Um, choose somebody, nobody you know, please. Somebody, somebody in the audience, we're, we're going to scan your mind and we're trying to transmit the word you're thinking of to the person in the audience. <laughs> For the people at home, this is not actually. <laughs> it's a man who happens to have a beard, but that's fine. Right. So I'm just going to turn this on and see if we can scan your mind. Okay, uh, what, what is your name, man, that isn't Adam Buxton? Shout, please, so they can pick it up. Tom. Tom, okay, Tom. I'm going to try to transmit the word. She's thinking to you. If you can see it, just tell us that you know what the word is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, again, for the benefit of the people at home that can't hear, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to ask Adam Buxton here to shout out what, he, what word he thinks you're thinking of. If he's correct, I want you to shout yes and then leave the stage, okay? Adam, are you ready? As loud as you can, please, Adam. Eat. Thanks very much. Doug Siegel. There you go, that's good. Well, let's welcome back Ashley and Janie. Hooray! 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 Do you go and see much other shows at the, at the Fringe when you're here, or do you...? Yeah, I have. To. I go and see a lot of plays. And there's an amazing play called The Room and the Elephant. It's got Gary Beadle on it, and it's an amazing story about a thing that happened with Banksy and that's on at the Pleasance okay. above that was good and I do go and see other comics I do enjoy so it. It's a really cool story it's a homeless guy who made a water um, tank into an amazing pad like he did it all up he got plywood floors a karaoke machine and then Banksy painted on the side of it this looks a bit like an elephant and it became this expensive piece of art this homeless man's home 
and um, how Banksy essentially ruined a man's life. <laughs> Go see it. Go see it. It's really cool. It's insane. And it's a true sell, story. Did he then sell his water tank for half a million pounds? Well, it wasn't no, because it wasn't. Tank. He didn't own it. He had found it. It was just an abandoned water tank in, in America at the side of the road. And then this company bought it. As, as I've been told, they're not exactly a legit company. And um, But you should go see it. It's yeah. an interesting story. Bloody that. Banksy. Bloody yeah, Banksy ruined everything. everything. He spawned a lot. <sighs> right, so we're going to have a competition now where one of the lucky people... You're not called Tom, so don't pretend you're called Tom. Don't lie, Adam. We all know who you are. You're sitting here incognito trying to... <laughs> trying to fool people you know who you think you are so we're going to have a competition we're going to make some statements that are either true or false the audience have to decide uh, we'll whittle them down whoever gets it uh, get, gets them all right wins the, all this junk uh, so uh, we'll, everyone needs to stand up for starters and we'll make some uh, statements of truth or falsehood uh, let me have a think if I've got one um, uh, uh, Tony Law who uh, was uh, in the podcast yesterday uh, went to the University of Montreal. Is that true or false? It is false. I think. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I think he came to England when he was about sixteen. Yeah. Uh, so have you got? Have you got a, a statement? I've got one. I've got one. True or false? The original series of Star Trek was made in the same studio as I Love Lucy. Mm, true or false? A lot of people going for true. This could sort them out. It's true. It is true. Oh, it's got a few people sitting down there. Janie, have you got a statement of truth or falsehood? True or false, I won a football medal for the school team under the guise of a boy in 1974. True or false? It's dividing them again. It is true. It's true. <laughs> Any, you got another one, Ashley? You've got another one? You like have one red note? You don't I, I've got one. one. Okay. True or false, Tony Blair was born in Glasgow. True or false? Split them. And the answer is... It's true, he was born in Glasgow, educated well, in Edinburgh. He was. He, went to the, uh, he actually went to the school I discovered last night that Hogwarts is based on. Yep. There you go, that's interesting. Who's still in? We've got one. Are you still in? Two? Gentlemen over there, three. Gentlemen over there, four. Still four in. Um, maybe one more question. You got another question? I, I can... Um, you um, your mum or you... All right, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> True or false? Black is Janie's natural hair colour. True or false? That's good. That's got two twos, two trues, two falses. Perfect question. What's it is false. Yeah, I'm she's quite been dyeing her hair for 1985. <laughs> Who knows oh. what colour her hair is? <laughs> you don't know what it is. Do you know what, what colour it is? It's like brown. Do you want me to show you my mouth? Nothing. <laughs> 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 we have to do well. the, the yeah, thing. I wouldn't mind. I, would, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, we'll do that. After. That's what happened. Uh, I've got a question. Oh yeah. Well, this, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, let's do one. There's two, two in. I think still. Two is there? in. Yep. True or false? I kissed George Clooney. Janie got his kiss, George Clooney, true or false? Whoever goes first, you're going to have to... Well, you're going, oh, you're both going for false. Yeah, I think we'll have to go with you because you went for false first, so you'll have to go for true because he went for false first. What's it the answer? True. It, it is true. true. So it's a good job you changed your mind. Congratulations, I'll give you the prize after the show. Uh, and... Uh, Ah, yeah, that'll do. We've had a good time. Uh, tomorrow's guest is Ahmed Jalili. I might try and add someone else to the roster, maybe not. And Michael J. Dolan is doing the stand-up. Uh, do come along if you're at home. If you're in, if you want to come along to one of these, do come along and to, to tell your friends if you've enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I'm doing We're All Going to Die at the Pleasance Beyond at 8 o'clock every night. What's your show details? We're doing a show called Jenny Godley is Ungagged. It's at 6.45 at the Gilded Balloon Nightclub. Um, Ashley goes on for 15, she opens and then I close and we have good fun, come and see it. If you've never seen a mother and daughter do comedy and make each other look like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and so, check out our podcast every Wednesday, Jenny yes. Godley's podcast. Check it out. <laughs> Thank you very much. Give a massive round of applause. Jenny Godley, Ash Story. Love seeing you all. See you tomorrow. Thank you very much. Well done, Colin. Well done, Aaron Buxton. Good work. <laughs>